Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Brainosaur presents the Weekday Warriors of Gentlemen, it is July 24th, 2015. I'm Eric Clancy alongside Patrick Kelly for a special Friday night show. You could almost once again call it the Weekend Warriors of Wrestling, but we are still the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling. Um, as I said, I'm Eric Clancy, joined by Patrick Kelly. Remember, guys, the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling is presented to you by thebrainosaur.com. Uh, go check that out. We have all sorts of fun stuff. Um, we're doing this second show because there was a miscommunication, I guess between uh, our people and uh, Son of Havoc's people, but he will be here today uh, in about 15 minutes. We, uh, we're going to have him on to talk about Ultima Lucha, um, which is August 3rd in, in two parts, I believe, right? No, it's August 5th. Uh, that's the finale, and they've moved it up a week, so that's where the first part will come in. So actually, it starts next Wednesday. Yeah, and then it goes to August 12th, right? Or no, oh, they moved up, so it's the 29th and then the 5th, right? Right, right. Okay, cool. Gotcha. So don't let me screw that up when we do the interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, okay, and, and you know, Patrick, uh, life has smiled on us. Because, oh, I'm sorry, I, a little more housekeeping before we, we get started. Um, uh, Michael Woodring on the Facebook page made me aware of the fact that uh, they weren't able to hear the audio shows embedded. And it wasn't working on their system. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I realized the reason it was is because we had it under explicit language. So I, you have to sign up for TalkShoe to listen to that. So I've changed it up. And now you have to, uh, you, you don't have to sign up to TalkShoe to listen. We appreciate it if you do. And that's great and all. But that was why um, you couldn't listen on the website. So that's been taken care of. I'm going to put an announcement up on the website. So, you know, because now everybody can listen, which is great. Um, but yeah, so if you had problems listening to the show previously, you won't anymore. So sorry. <laughs> and be sure to check out uh, our interview with Cage. Yeah, we, we've back. done. Uh, we did Cage last week, and we did SoCal Val the week before. Um, so yeah, check those out. Past few shows have been good. Um, today's Son of Havoc. Um, and yeah, but before we get to Son of Havoc, um, we have got to talk Hulk Hogan. Did what something happen uh, today? Yeah, I, I know. I feel like it was it was a slow news day. No, I mean I feel like we've been smiled upon by the 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 voices above because this happened on the day we happened to do the Son of Havoc show. I mean it's such. I mean what a what a day, huh? <laughs> Good for us. Bad for him. Very very bad for him. Very bad. Um, I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, for those of you that don't know, and I can't imagine you don't know, but... Um, Travis more... is basically the Mel Gibson controversy and the Alec Baldwin controversy had a baby and painted it red and yellow. 
and that's basically what we get today. Yeah, it's 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 so um, you know he he was he was erased from the WWE uh, Hall of Fame. Tough enough, cut, fired completely. Just a public relations nightmare. Um, we're I'm gonna get Son of Havoc's opinion on it because it's too big not to. Um, but it's. Uh, yeah, it's like you know Hogan going on this insane rant, and you know I to to a point. Um, I, I want to point out I'm not excusing what he says at all because what he says is pretty horrible. But you know there's something to be said for if Hulk Hogan is not aware. Now I'm not saying like you know, but it, it's such a I'm not saying the opinions are right because they're stupid and awful. But it's just like it's. You know, it, it it is a private conversation. You know, I mean, I, I I get it, and I'm not saying like WWE doesn't have the right to fire him because they do. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. freedom of speech, not freedom of consequences. I get it, but yeah. I mean, it, it's just I don't know. I, I just I, I I'm not saying it's not awful because it is, and and it's and he's an idiot, and I and you everybody listening knows I hate Hulk Hogan, and I mean this is <laughs> this is a guy, but it, I mean it's like. It's such an interesting line, and and I, I, I mean I know how I feel about parts of it. I don't know how I feel about others. You know, like WWE has to make the best choices of business, and they can't be associated with someone like that. I mean, despite the fact that Vince McMahon has said the word that was the major point of Hulk Hogan's statement uh, uh, or rant, shall we say, on his television show, the WWE is getting, you know, it's like there's hypocrisy there. So it's not like WWE is some squeaky. Oh, Michael Hogan's organ. still employed there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, um, so I can kind of see the kind of the, just not defenders, but the people that are kind of like, oh, maybe WWE's overreacting a little bit. It's like, well, yeah, look at some of the guys that they have on their payroll and everything. And, um, yeah, it's. But on the other hand, it's kind of like the Benoit situation, although what Hogan did more near as bad as what Chris Benoit did. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, this whole thing of, you, okay, we got to erase him from the history book, it does feel like kind of an overreaction, maybe. Especially since you can't erase Hulk Hogan. He's too big of a – I mean, you can do whatever you want. Take him off all the record books or the websites or the network, and you can erase whatever you want. But at the end of the day, that's not going to make people forget that Hulk Hogan was a part of your company, so why go to the trouble? Yeah, I agree. You're breaking up a little bit there on the thing. Um, okay. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I'm 100% with you. Um, yeah, I mean, just cutting ties, I think, makes it pretty clear where you stand there. But, I mean, this is a guy who, like, he has the he has the, 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 the best luck of being recorded saying awful things. We all remember what he said when uh, Nick put that other kid in a coma. You know, I mean, so it's just like, yeah, I mean, like, like it's just like, this is a guy. And I mean, it was going to happen sooner or later because the fucking stuff he said, he is so full of shit on so many things. I mean, not even just, not just this, but like the stuff he says, like SoCal Val came on here and she, she could not say enough great stuff about Hogan. She loved Hulk Hogan. She she said humble was the word she would use to describe him. I was, I thought Val was very sweet and very nice, so I did not want to say I think Hulk Hogan is the fucking most egotistical person I've ever seen. And we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Son of Havoc was actually on Hogan's uh, uh, Hulkamania tour, like his, his 2009, what was it called? Like the Hulk, it was called like the Hulkamania tour, right? Something like that, yeah. 
Um, let me see. Let me see what it's actually called. That's amazing. Son of Havoc was on the tour and was one of the few people not brought to TNA after it was. Yeah, I'm trying to see. What was that Hulkamania? Let the battle begin, right? Yeah, here it is. Yeah, that's what let the battle begin. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wrestled Shannon Moore. Um, Seriously? Yeah, he, he he had like a series of Shannon Moore. I thought he was, was working with uh, Ric Flair. I thought those were their main events. No, Hogan was. I'm talking about I'm talking about Son of Havoc. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, confusion. <laughs> Hogan, Hogan, main eventing with Shannon Moore. Um, oh, that's an odd match. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> listen, brother, I'm going to take you downtown. Um, but yeah, this is just. I mean, I I don't. I don't want it to say like I'm defending Hulk. I never want to sound like I'm defending Hulk Hogan ever because he's awful. I fucking hate Hulk Hogan, and this is terrible. But it's just like, I mean, I like we've all kind of like I, I I mean I know I have. We've all said awful things in the privacy of our own home because it's the privacy of our own home, and there's like social decorum. Like we've you know people do things in private that they have. I'm not saying like you know it excuses like you know if you like it's not like oh if you kill a man in private you know I, I'm I'm not saying that I'm just saying like you know like human beings are different in private than they are in, in public and that doesn't excuse what he said but it, it, it's something to think about you know I mean like mm-hmm. it's, it's such an easy way to go like oh get rid of him and that's it and then we don't have to think about it but you know I mean like he is who he is and I mean. <laughs> Like you said, Michael Hayes is still there. This is the company that said to Alberto Del Rio, uh, you should wash some dishes. So, you know, I mean, this is... Oh, they fired him for responding to racism. Yeah, now granted, and and I think to a degree I applaud Alberto for standing up for himself, but you can't hit another person. Right, right, right. I mean, it was really... I mean, was it the best way to handle it? No, but the other guy should have been canned too. You know, like, you... And I know maybe they did something eventually with the severance. It was under the radar, but yeah, it was, um, I mean, you can't really do that. I mean, if I was Alberto, yeah, I, I get what he's doing, but I would have been like, oh, I'm going straight to fucking HR. How about that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so I, I, I think this is, this is fascinating and it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Who is being replaced? Uh, who is going to be on Tough Enough? They got a well, show that's coming a up weird thing because I, I have not watched the show since it started up. We watched every episode, Aaron and I. Okay, um, is the show pre-taped? Yes. Okay. Um, here's what happens. It they have a um, they have the segments like from the previous week where it's like mm-hmm. um, uh, all the challenges and stuff, and that's that's pre-taped. But the then they bring them on at the end, and in the middle of the show, they also uh, like. They ask the judges things, and Hogan has awful opinions about, like, pro wrestling and stuff. And if you ever, like, mention Hulk Hogan, he got, he got like, angry and stuff. Like, in fact, they all got kind of, like, really angry. Like, Daniel Bryan acts like he's really nice, but he's kind of like, well, I didn't like when you did that. And Paige is so mean. You you would – she is so mean. <laughs> I mean, I love her. Don't get me wrong. But she she's super mean. But, you no. Know, um, what does she Patrick, say? Uh, she's just like she's like, what are you doing here? Get the hell out of my ring! And she's just she's very um she's very rough. But um, uh, Hogan, one of the one of the cast members, Patrick, uh, incidentally enough, who's like this, he he's basically he was the smart of the show, and uh, he was arguing with this really big guy who's like fucking awful. He's like he does he keeps doing a yeti noise just over and over, like that's his bit. Like 
He's like, I'm a Yeti. And he, he, I'm sorry, he does a Wookiee noise, but he calls himself a Yeti. That's why I was confused. And not the Yeti. Um, uh, and he was getting in an argument with him, and he's like, it's not the 1990s anymore. And he says, Hogan's gone. Warrior's gone. Which basically sounded like, like, Warrior's fucking dead. Deal with it. But no, and then, so later in the show, Hogan's like, what are you talking about, brother? And if I was him, I would just said, you're fucking like 60 years old, dude. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, I should be watching Tough Enough now. Yeah, no, nobody watches it. I mean, the ratings are awful, apparently, but um, we do. We're like, yeah. Um, it's, you know, I mean, there's, like, not a lot of, like, wrestling because you can't, like, just teach somebody to wrestle in, like, in, like, ten weeks and be like, yep, you're good now. And it's a stupid, like, concept. It's the fucking worst. What are you concept. talking about? Jackie Gator was totally TV-ready after her run on Tough Enough. Yes, and, and Cameron. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Cameron Jackie Gaeta won it, too, didn't she? She did, yeah. It was Jackie Gaeta and Linda Miles, right? Uh, was she Shaniqua? Yes. Which, again, more of that racial stuff. Let's give her the blackest-sounding name we could possibly imagine. Yeah, well, the... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, not what's his name. Son of Havoc, uh, Matt Cross, was on the 2011 season of Tough Enough. So I'll actually ask him... I have a question about that because I just wanted to know how that process went. And he was eliminated like two in. Like, he was eliminated after fucking Cameron. Like, how does that happen? Cameron pins people and they're on their stomach. Does everybody remember that? I, I feel like people have forgotten about this. Cameron has like the worst, <laughs> the absolute worst moments in pro wrestling history. Saying that her favorite match is Molina versus, was it Alicia Fox? Was that, that her match that she said was like the greatest match she's ever seen? And, I don't uh, remember. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what the exact match was. Though. I think it's Melina and Alicia Fox. Um, That's cute. And then, and then the best was when she, she, she does the leg drop on, like, Naomi's back. And then she's like, count it! Count it! And the ref's like, uh... And then she realizes and turns her over. It's like, if, if there's a definition for bad at pro wrestling, it's that. Like, how do you have no clue what's going on? I think people forgot about her because she's hardly ever on TV. So it's Thanks you know God. out of sight, yeah. out of mind. I just want Sasha Banks to like knock her out in one episode, and uh, um, but yeah, yeah you no, need I mean, jobbers. We talk about it all the time. You need jobbers. It's true. It's true. Um, so we're gearing up for Ultima Lucha. Um, I'm excited as fuck. I, I, I think it's I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I like the fact that we get like two weeks. We get two weeks, right? Like one episode yep, yep. is one hour and the next is two. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, so we get three hours of uh, of Ultima Lucha. We're going to get Mil Mortes and, um, and Prince Puma. We're going to get uh, Aztec Medallion Conclusion. We are probably, according to Cage, we're going to get Montanza. Now, uh, I have to ask you this now. What did you think of the payoff to the Aztec Medallion storyline? I am behind two episodes. Oh, okay, okay. It's uh, yeah, they unveiled what they what what they're all about and what their meaning is, and it's uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Okay, cool. Um, they haven't shown Montanza, right? I'm sorry. They haven't shown Montanza yet, right? They have not. No. Okay, yeah. Well, according to Cage, Cage's answer was interesting. Like, first of all, I, I had I had such fun on that interview, didn't you? Oh yeah, he's great. He's cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. But his his answer was so, and I don't want to look it up. I want to see it. I just want to see it happen. Uh, but his answer is like, well, I don't want to give it away, but 
He's a good wrestler. I don't know if it's going to be as awesome as you think. I wonder if it's just like he's like a good wrestler and that's it. It's like Loki. It's like Loki or someone. You know, I, I you know, I. Um, Let's go against expectations because we're all expecting like a, a, not talent wise, but probably. We're expecting Brock. Say what? We're expecting Brock. I was thinking like a great colleague almost. We're expecting somebody like that massive and that big, and maybe they might go against expectations a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm excited about Although it. Although I, I did find an article um, that lists the possible candidates for who Matanza could be and who would yeah. be good options for him, so I could send you over that article. Yes, please. It's, it's, spo- it's spoiler-free, is that correct? It is spoiler-free, because I don't think it was ever revealed who Matanza is. Because here's my guess. Probably the last image we get, as like the season one cliffhanger, which is so great that I can talk like that for a wrestling show. Yeah. But the season one cliffhanger, I think, is going to be the reveal. Yeah. Okay. So then the the the, in, the in-house audience haven't spoiled it yet. Okay. Fantastic. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, right now we have um, Son of Havoc on the line uh, from Lucha Underground. Son of Havoc, how are you, buddy? Good. How you guys doing? Uh, we're we're great. Uh, I'm sorry about the miscommunication we had on. Uh, Monday, but it is awesome to have you on right now. Um, we're just talking about Ultima Lucha because we're the absolute biggest marks for this show. Um, <laughs> nice. I, 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 I got to ask, how was how this concept pitched to you, and how do you feel about it? As far as the concept of the entire show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got contacted uh, about a year ago, maybe just over a year ago, and uh, in wrestling you hear a lot of fantastic things, uh, and a lot of them don't pan out. So this sure. sounded amazing on paper. I was certainly interested from day one uh, with the names involved from Robert Rodriguez to, you know, right up down the line, there were so many uh, big names and, and industry leaders involved. It sounded great, almost too good to be true. Sure. And then from day one, it has exceeded my expectations, which were lofty. And that's like, you could pretty much say that that never happens in pro wrestling. So this has been just like such a great ride and such an amazing thing. And for everything to uh, have come to fruition that we were promised and be taken care of and treated so well, it's just really, really exciting. Yeah, no, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, and Havoc, I think that, I mean, when I tell people this is my favorite wrestling show, I take the wrestling part out of it. This is up there with true detective and game of Thrones for me because as a viewer, as a fan, the way it's written and the way everything pays off and that the details are paid attention to and, and us being nerds and focusing on things is rewarded. And it's not like WWE where they're like, yeah, you're trying too hard. Don't pay attention to that. You know, it's like, okay, great. But then how am I supposed to invest in these? How am I supposed to have an emotional investment in this? And this is just, I mean, from the backstage segments, from who, like, I, I found out the actor's name for Dario Cueto, but that guy's fucking amazing. I mean, yeah. the, the the stuff you guys are doing is, is I've compared it to ECW, not in the fact that you're hardcore like they're hardcore, but you're doing something that hadn't been done before, this pulp, uh, grindhouse, sci-fi, horror-style wrestling show that if you talk about it to somebody, they're like, okay, but then you see it, and you're like, holy shit. And it's, right. it, it, it's so much fun. I mean, I, 
I, I, you guys look like you're having a great time, and I mean, I, it, it, that just comes off that way so much to me. Yeah, I agree so much with like what you just said. You worded it perfectly. I mean, when's the last time that something was genuinely different, genuinely fresh, a real, true, actual alternative? I mean, obviously that's open for debate, but what would the starting point be? Like 96, 97 ECW? I mean, the point being, it has been long time since anything has been <laughs> genuinely different. And to take pro wrestling and to like kind of bring it into 2015 to kind of evolve it. Like, I mean, the rest of entertainment has evolved except yeah. for one reason or another wrestling has been stagnant. And now someone has finally come by and decided to do a ground up revision of this art form. And it's just so refreshing. And it's nice to hear also that the fun that we were having on set uh, is coming across <laughs> to the television. And I think that is a testament to just being, treated correctly, being treated fair, being treated so well. Everyone is aware of the opportunity we've been given. We're all either misfits from somewhere else or we didn't fit or we needed a, a platform or just whatever it is. It's everyone there is still hungry. The, no yeah. one from the top down is resting on their laurels. No one is just, you know, collecting a paycheck. Everyone is like, holy crap. I mean, ultimately, we're all fans of professional yeah. wrestling. And as fans... We all, all of us, everyone listening, myself included, we've clamored for change for so long, so I just feel so honored to be a part of that change. I mean, I've been offered many other uh, contracts in wrestling in the past, and I've never signed any of them because I didn't truly believe in the product. Now, this is finally something where when it was offered, I signed because I believe in the product. I believe in the change. I believe in something new and something different. I think that speaks to me as a performer. I think that speaks to my style, and it's just... I mean, hopefully it comes across even in my voice. It's exciting even to talk about it because it's like, holy crap, this is all that I've wanted for so long and all that so many of us have wanted, fans and, and, and wrestlers and everyone. So it's just, again, it's just this awesome universe that they've created and, and we're all just so pumped. Yeah, no, and, and I, I, I think it's great. And there's so many things. And by the way, at any point during this interview, just tell us when you're short for time. Um, but sure. uh, yeah. Um, I liked so many words you used because Patrick and me on this show, um, since we've been doing this for, for six years, our point had always been like, we hate the idea of people talking about wrestling. They're like, oh, it's business, draw, you know, how much money you make. And I was like, listen, I'm a fan. I want entertainment. I don't go to a movie because I'm like, that's going to be a popular movie or that's going to make a lot of money. I go because, wow, that content interests me. That engages right. me. So you talking about yourself, and you're an athlete. We're, nobody's disputing that, but you are an artist. And I like that you use that. I like that you're not talking about collecting a paycheck. Obviously you are. You, you're a professional. You need to be compensated. But I like I, – I, there's a tone in your voice that I hear that there's artistic integrity. Um, I know you were on his, his tour, and he's had a big thing today, and I will get a question in about him later, but I cannot – Stand listening to Hulk Hogan, and you may have a different opinion, that's fine, but I cannot stand listening to Hulk Hogan because all I hear you talk about is how great you are because how much money you made. And for me, as an audience member, I care about how you engage me, how you entertain me. And I think Lucha Underground, if somebody, you know, it, there's always those anti-smarks out there who are like, yeah, but it's got like 500,000 viewers. And I'm like, who fucking cares? Like, if it's good, it's good. And if you engage people, you engage people. And I, it's really refreshing to hear that uh, coming from a performer like you, and I just want to commend you on that. Yeah, sure. It almost like there's almost like a certain cynicism uh, nowadays that kind of goes along with the internet. Unfortunately, I mean, obviously, the internet has provided us so many great things, and I wouldn't have the career that I have now without it. 
But I guess the flip side and dark side to that is that I, I do kind of see this unfortunate like negativity that permeates so many things. And when I think about something that was near and dear to my heart, like ECW, I, I loved it. And I feel like if the Internet was more prevalent back then even, how differently it would have been viewed, how different everything would have been. Because you would have had, like, New Jack, who I thought was the best wrestler in the world at the time. <laughs> he was my dad's favorite. Versus Balls Mahoney. And nowadays, everyone would just be destroying that online and bashing every aspect of it. And it's like, they would have missed the point. Because when I was watching it, I was like, you know what? This is awesome. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. New Jack's jumping off something. There's music playing during the match. It's different. I <laughs> like it. I don't have to dissect every little part of it. And it's like some of that fun is almost lost with that. So I just think that, uh, you know, in a way we're kind of bringing back some of that fantasy, some of that fun. And and, yeah. and like you said, it's like everyone is, is being played to their strengths. I mean, everything's being reinvented. It's not even, – even some of these terms are sort of like outdated or they're out of our universe, like someone being like a jobber or things like – it's like we don't even have that. Like every match has importance, or at least they're trying to make it. So it's yeah. like – Everything matters, and like you touched on earlier, like things have consequences. Matches mean things. You're rewarded if you're paying close attention, if you're staying, uh, if you're tuning into everything. And I mean, that's the kind of stuff that is in big budget television productions today. It's like when you watched The Breaking Bad, for instance, you were rewarded by little things that you would remember or notice staying alive. And each episode wasn't just self-contained; it was yeah. part of this larger picture. And for so long, like wrestling fans have for lack of a better term, more or less been insulted. And, yes. I mean, I feel like this show has come along to, to finally not insult the wrestling fan, to, yeah, to no. realize that they are and a false consumer, and they are a part of this, and they want to be entertained, and they can be, and just, it's not something, I don't know. And they're a part of the process as well. Like, it, creatively, this is so fulfilling, because we, our, our ideas are welcomed, like, um... I mean, again, my, I've said it before, my exact instructions were, we love you, be you. And anything that I feel for my character, I can bring to the table. It's just such a great environment. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that's really refreshing. Um, now, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had a podcast. I listened to it quite a bit because I think Austin's pretty on point with a lot of things. Um, and he had Eric Von Wagner on. And I don't know if I say that guy's name right. Um, if I am butchering it, so be it. I'm sorry. Uh, but... Uh, he said that Lucha Underground was actually based on a manga. Um, and I just kind of wanted to know, you mentioned Breaking Bad, which, of course, we're fan, everybody's fans of Breaking Bad. Uh, sure. Is anime, manga, comics, movies, what sort of things are you into as far as television shows? Um, what, what kind of stuff, other than wrestling, like, like what are some things that you're into? Because I know we're, we're big Game of Thrones guys. Um, we love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, like, what, what are you into? Uh, I'm just a punk rock guy, so through yeah. and through, I fell in love with uh, punk rock, and I was like, I don't know, 15, 16, I saw the Ramones and the Sex Pistols in 96, and I just never looked back, you know, I was like, what is this, <laughs> and I had a buddy that's like, it just, it spoke to me instantly, and they're like, oh, it's called punk music, and I'm like, I, I whatever this is, I love it, I need more, I just, it, it, it opened up this can, uh, you know, and I've just, been drinking that ever since. I've never looked back. I mean, I would go as far as to say that all music I had heard previously died, and it's like I'm 18 years in or something, and and have never second guessed it. So it's just that's pretty much uh, my hobby and my interests and my uh, you know I'd pretty much I mean I'm into collecting CDs, finding out about new bands, going to shows, supporting stuff that way. 
Uh, now, were were you a were you like a minor threat guy with um or or like um uh, black flag or anything? Is that how? Because I know you're 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 straight edge, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people. I'm. <laughs> you'll make fun of me because I'm 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 a, I'm a hair metal guy. But uh, a lot of my friends, um, I'm in that sphere of like you know, uh, of people who love uh, like hardcore and and stuff. Um, is, did that get you into straight edge, or was that was that not related? Uh, it was sort of unrelated. It kind of came not full circle, but it was it was interesting in that I already had those feelings and beliefs without knowing that there was anything called straight edge. I remember going to sure. a party at you know 14, 15, 16, whatever it was, and being offered beers, and that was the thing that people were doing, and I just, for whatever reason, wasn't interested. It never really spoke to me. It seemed kind of like a, a dead scene, so I would always turn it down. I'm like, oh, no thanks. Simple as that. I was never pressured. It was never a big deal, yeah. and then I remember some day at a party, someone being like, oh, you just, you don't drink ever? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh, you're straight edge? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and then it was essentially <laughs> explained to me, like, Oh, that's someone that this, that. I was already listening to punk rock. I was already, and I already had those beliefs. So it's been very easy for me because it wasn't like I found out about some set of rules and then molded my life to fit them. I already believed in that stuff. And I was like, oh, it has a name. So I looked into it and I'm like, wait, there's band singing? I mean, I thought I was completely alone in these thoughts of like, I just can't get excited about that stuff. And then I, uh, once I realized there's this entire scene surrounding it and I started getting into obviously Minor Threat and, and Earth Crisis and Snapcase and Strife and all these kind of straight-edge bands in the mid-'90s or whatever when it was kind of a, 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 a you know, like a bright little scene. Uh, yeah. And I was just, yeah, really captivated uh, by it, and I, I didn't realize that I wasn't alone, and there was this entire, you know, awe, and it wasn't like the D.A.R.E. program. It wasn't police telling you not to do drugs. It was like dudes with tattoos on their faces, like throwing punches in dark clubs like late at night and doing backflips <laughs> off the stage wearing full camo and like with ninja masks on and I'm like that's awesome <laughs> and they're and they're they're exuding all this energy and all this violence and it doesn't have anything to do with like drugs or alcohol and I just for whatever reason that has and still continues to speak to me that's fantastic well taking it back to Lucha Underground a little bit um we've already talked a little bit about how the characters matter and they're well-written and the stories are well-written and every character on the show seems to have an arc and where you started initially is very different from where your character is now. It's still like you evolved into this great underdog babyface that the fans just love. And I was just wondering, was that something that was planned from the very beginning or did the powers that be working at Lucha Underground, did they just take a look at the reactions you were getting from the fans and just go, oh, let's run with that instead? It's a lot of the latter, which, again, speaks to uh, the fluid nature and, like, the awesomeness of Lucha Underground because they, unlike a lot of other places, genuinely listen to their fans. Uh, I was given this Son of Havoc character. All I've ever asked for and all I've ever wanted was an actual chance, an actual platform. I've been perfecting my craft for upwards of 14 years now, and I, I knew that Lucha Underground, a televised product, was going to be the perfect showcase for what I do. So I'm like, you know what, every time that I see the smallest opening, I'm going to take advantage of it. It was almost, I had been given the ball by being included on the show, and I'm like, finally. You know, I've been like let out of the gate, more or less. So I'm like, I am running with this ball. I'm running over everyone. And then, slowly but surely, as I unleashed my style and moves and, and made the most of the opportunities that I was creating, they kind of, they saw like, 
wow, the fans, I mean, just the believers in the temple and the atmosphere, I have them to thank. I think that they saw someone who's hungry, someone who's busting their butt, someone who's just been there from day one and doing everything he possibly can to make a splash, and they started to take to me. And then all of a sudden, this this intimate environment that is the temple just became insane. Like I remember the one day I came in, and I'm just like, what, what is happening? Like, I mean, this is, again, all that I've ever asked for, all that I've ever wanted, and it's happening. And then, you know, kudos to the show to not only recognize that, and maybe that wasn't their initial plan, but instead of, again, like another place, maybe stifling that and being like, well, that's not our ultimate plan, they have the flexibility, whether it be staying up late at night to rewrite things or put in that extra work. Like, no one is on cruise control from the wrestlers to the writers to the cameramen. Everyone goes that extra mile. So they saw what was happening and, and an opportunity that was prevent, presenting itself organically. And they're like, you know what, let's... I mean, and, and without getting into too much detail, I mean, this involved some, like, late-night rewrites, uh, you know, days before, nights before, mm. things like that, just to, uh, you know, kind of stay in touch with what the fans wanted and, and, and opportunities that were presenting themselves. And, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been amazing. I mean, as this first season comes to a close, as you touched on, like, the story arc of Son of Havoc is, is unbelievable. Like, this ride I've been on to go from, yeah. you know, wrestling Exoticos and Minis and things like this uh, in opening contests to being the trio's champion, it's, it's, it's been insane. <laughs> and I just, I'm so thankful to get that platform because it's very rewarding for me as someone that felt deeply and strongly that I just needed a platform and now I have that home and it's the perfect home and it's, it's rewarding professionally to be like, Man, I knew. I just, I needed a chance. I got a chance, and just the sky's the limit. Let's go. Yeah, you know, uh, and and we have we definitely want to talk about the trios title because that's that's a big thing. I I do have to ask this because I would be remiss if I didn't. Today a big thing happened, um, and uh, Hulk Hogan had a conversation that uh, caused him to be canceled. Caused him to be like. Uh, fired from the WWE. Um, in his own words, he is a racist. That is what he says on the tape. I know you were on Hulk's Australia 2009 tour. Um, do you have any thoughts on Hulk? Do you have any thoughts on this situation? Any opinions on just this? Because this is a media firestorm, and I, I can't basically not ask it. Right. I mean, I haven't heard the exact audio and the accusations. It's not my place to really speak on that. I mean, I can just speak from the experiences that I personally had with him. And I remember being very impressed. I went into it. I was a Hulkamaniac growing up, as a lot of us were. I mean, he pretty much is personally responsible for, for, you know, awakening my love of professional wrestling as a child. And to go on this 2009 tour of Australia with him was surreal. I mean, I was spending Thanksgiving with Hulk Hogan halfway across the world. And I thought to myself, like, this guy owes really no one anything. So if I get to even see him on the tour, that's almost in some way surprising. You know, I thought he would just be ushered away and kept in closed buildings and closed rooms and and don't look at Hulk Hogan directly in the eyes type thing. (laughs) You know, I mean, this is the star of professional wrestling. And he wasn't like that at all. Like, he always went the extra mile. I mean, right from day one off the plane, he came up and introduced himself and I thought he would just quickly say Hulk and run away. And it was like, he's like, oh, he wanted to know about, more about me and where I was from. And I remember having moments where I was like, is he still talking to me? Because like, <laughs> he, he really doesn't have to. <laughs> like, 
or me and Val Venus would just be talking about wrestling in Mexico, ironically enough, and, and Lucha yeah. Libre. And then here comes Hulk Hogan to just kind of mosey on over and join the conversation. And obviously when anyone joins a conversation, it changes the dynamic. Now, let alone when that person is Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So he just kind of comes over like, what are you guys talking about? And just completely <laughs> open and cool. And then on that tour in particular, I think we had four shows of the course of uh, two weeks traveling the whole country. I mean, an amazing opportunity. But but our days off were truly days off. I mean, it was everything you could possibly ask for. But when we would have days off, this was his tour, his namesake. He was doing so much work. He would have to drive six hours to this hospital and then another two hours to that. I mean, the man didn't sleep. He worked constantly. He's Obviously, his body's banged up, and he's in these cramped quarters and making the most of it. When we went to every airport, he would just be swamped. I mean, we're always we're aware of this idea of fame, but to see it that close for two weeks and, and everything that he has to deal with, I mean, it's just you have to be on 24-7. And I remember yeah. just, just, I mean, I was already a fan of him, and I just gained so much respect, and, and, and he always took that extra second. You know, I remember sure. getting ready for the big show in Sydney to end the tour, and uh, I was heading heading to uh, t- towards gorilla position in the back, and I kind of had my eyes closed, just trying to get focused for my match. And I remember when I opened my eyes, like there's Hulk Hogan in full gear, and it was so weird because in my mind I was just thinking about pro wrestling as I would every weekend somewhere in the world. <laughs> but here's Hulk Hogan, and I'm thinking my first thought was like, man, that dude looks exactly like Hulk Hogan, <laughs> followed closely <laughs> by like, wait, it is, followed by like, how surreal is my life, and where am I, and what's going on, and, and even to, that was a very important uh, match for me, a ladder match for uh, Shannon Moore in front of something like 16,000 people, and he kind of pulled me aside and was like, hey, go get him, big dog, and it was just, it was, you know, it was a very <laughs> surreal thing for me, and, and again, he didn't need to do anything sure. like that, so I feel like he always went that extra mile, and uh, for a guy that, again, didn't need to, I, I was pretty impressed by just the workload, and, and that idea of having to be on 24-7. So I'm just grateful I got a chance okay. to be yeah. a part of that tour. Yeah, fair enough. No, I, I just I have to ask. Um, so uh, now Hogan was recently on Tough Enough. He's not anymore. You were on Tough Enough in 2011. And to me, that was so interesting because you've been wrestling since 2001. And then you had like, like Cameron, who, I mean, I'm not a wrestler, but even I can tell she's not very good. Um, <laughs> uh, you've got... Um, uh, like the Michigan um, uh, beauty pageant. Like, did you ever feel during that show that you like, you're like, I have too much experience for this? Because like, I mean, like you're you're you've been wrestling as long as John Cena, and they're like, come on, you're a hopeful, and like, I, I don't know, do you did you feel like that or not? I, I just thought it. I mean, I thought this is my chance. For whatever yeah. reason, I've been overlooked or or whatever. So I just to me it was it was purely this is my chance. I mean I think any time that I've gotten an opportunity, like I'm proving week after week on Lucha Underground, I've made the most of it. So yeah. I I was like all I need to do is be a part of this show. I will then shine and you know bam I'll never look back. I mean at that year at that point I think I was ten years in. So I'm like great. It took me ten years to get to this point. I'm I'm in and this is great. I mean even to the point of the first day of taping, they took us to a SmackDown. Uh, event and you had guys like Daniel Bryan and Chris Masters and and all these guys on camera being like and Sam Punk like what are you doing here and I'm like oh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a part of Tough Enough and Matt Stryker uh, and there's like Tough what so then they're cutting promos into the Tough Enough cameras being like 2011 Tough Enough winner right here how long have you been doing it this is day one oh, to day one shut it down here's the winner and I'm so grateful for guys 
you know, like Matt Stryker and, and Chris Masters and CM Punk, putting themselves out there and doing that. So I went to bed that first night thinking, I've, I've, I've already got this thing in the bag. <laughs> you know, I, it was one of the most amazing feels of feelings of my life. And then I think within six or seven days, I was on a plane home. So I, yeah, I, well, I wasn't aware of. Uh, I mean, ultimately, you can't get in too much detail, but it's a television show. Sure. And yeah. uh, I had hoped that it was uh, not quite as much of a television show. Yeah, well, well, well the, I mean, like, I, I felt like back then, I don't think it's as much now with the way Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan have been treated now, but back then, I mean, on the first Tough Enough, it was like, uh, Daniel Bryan has fans already? Fuck that guy. And they're like, here's these other guys you should like. I'm like, as a, like, a, a company, shouldn't you be happy there's already an established brand and they have these fans? Like, why, why don't you embrace that? So I always found that that's super fucking weird that they do that. But, yeah, I, like, yeah. I, I mean, it seems like the industry is changing, and that's what's exciting yeah. for me. Because, I mean, years ago, what I've, I've almost kind of recently noticed, like when I got into professional wrestling in 2001, you could pretty much unequivocally say there was zero opportunities for a guy like me. Zero. I mean, I got in, there, everyone I trained with was like a 40-year-old steel worker in Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> getting off work, beating the crap out of these young idiots that wanted to get involved. I mean, I'm not a million years old, and it's not super old school like these stories, but there was still largely elements of that. Like you would drive eight hours overnight to Ian Rotten's IWA Mid-South, and then Bull Payne would beat the crap out of you, and you'd be holding back tears because you got beat up so bad. I mean, that, that was wrestling. It wasn't, oh, I want to be a pro wrestler, so tomorrow I'm a pro wrestler. Like, it's yeah. much, much easier nowadays and yeah. and and again there was there was so i'm very proud that again when i got in who was i to look up to i mean there was ecw was my favorite thing those were all men like shane douglas was a man he probably had kids i watched him on tv that wasn't some 18 year old kid doing flips or whatever you know like these yeah, were men it was tough Did you like Sean? so i got in it because i loved it I mean, that was what I wanted to do. That was my passion. Not because I foresaw giant paychecks or traveling in the world or any sort of glory. It was something that spoke to me that I wanted to do, knowing there was essentially zero opportunities for someone like me. So I had that passion. Nowadays, it's completely different, and that's awesome. I mean, now with kind of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins, like ushering in this new era where guys like El Generico and Kevin Steen can get jobs. I mean, that yeah. is exciting. That is amazing. If you were to join wrestling now, I mean, it's, it's a completely, you could, you could enter it and think I have, everyone has a chance. I've got a yeah, real chance. Yeah. Whereas opposed with me, I didn't. And to go back to the tough enough thing, it's a little frustrating as someone that cares so deeply about this business and has dedicated the entirety of their adult life to it. At least I didn't go on national television and say that I wanted to be a pro wrestler and lie to the country. I mean, there were 13 other men and women on this show, most of which I don't even know if they're wrestling anymore. So yeah. they lied, and, and that, that kind of bugs me. Like, I'm not going to go on some show and say it's my lifelong goal to be some kind of chef to get myself on TV because it hasn't been my lifelong goal <laughs> to be some kind of chef. I want to be an entertainer. I want to be a professional wrestler. That's what I claimed. That's what I was, and that's what I still am. So it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating to uh, kind of people exploit uh, – the idea of being on television and they'll kind of do and say whatever it takes to, to do that and, and, and to really spit on so many of us that lace up our boots and risk our lives and, and take quality years off our life because this is what speaks to us. Well, well, you mentioned making the most out of your opportunities and what you're given. And I have to ask you about this because uh, I think Eric agrees with me, but the night you won the trio's titles with Ivelisse and Angelico, uh, I'm being honest here. Uh, one of the best matches that Lucha Underground has done 
one of the best moments they've done, one of their best payoffs, and overall one of the best episodes they've done. And it's one of the most exciting pieces of wrestling television I've seen in a dog's age. It was just unbelievably well done and well executed. How satisfied were you with how that whole thing came off? It was it was incredible. I mean, that's what keeps me in wrestling, the travel and this idea that we can transcend wrestling at times and create real, actual, tangible moments. And to me, that was one of those moments where everything, for whatever reason, clicks. And it's just, you get those, those where, where it borders on magic, you know? And I feel like that mm-hmm. was one of those times. It, it's, it's funny, it's an hour-long show, so you... You know, there is some editing involved, and I thought the best example, because they've really not edited my matches whatsoever, but an example where editing did come into play was that match, because after it, we had a 10-minute celebration, and I'm not speculating 10 minutes or saying it felt like 10 minutes. I was told by the writers and producers that it was 10 minutes, (laughs) (laughs) and then they showed us the original cut where they, obviously, they couldn't keep in all that, and it wasn't forced, and it wasn't, and it was like, so I was pretty much aware at that moment where all of a sudden i mean what a culmination for me not only in the show but as a performer as as a as part of my career i mean this was amazing to be recognized on this level and in, in such a in a show in a universe that i feel so strongly about and then for the fans to for, for that feeling of gratitude that i was having just for the whole situation for it to be you know reciprocated and mutual between these people there and for us to just be like reveling in that moment and holding these belts for, for 10 minutes <laughs> of a standing ovation. And it was just, you knew right then, like, wow, like something really came together <laughs> and it really clicked. And, and, and again, I'm just so grateful that the show has, has the courage, you know, to not only present this new product, but, but new things and to see things in a new way and see where things might go and, and to move forward with ideas like that. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it was, I've, I, the feedback I got from that was, is, is unbelievable. I mean, whether it just be one or two sentences from somewhere halfway across the world, from Spain, for example, and just, just to be like people uh, writing me and telling me that they were brought to tears by it and stuff like that. I mean, that transcends guys wearing little tights running around a ring. I mean, that just shows like the power of professional wrestling and the power of what we do and the passion involved on, on behind the camera, in front of the camera, watching at home. Like, it was just a really cool moment for, for me as well. And, and yeah, I mean, what you said, thank you so much. <laughs> it's just it's a, it's a huge banner of pride, and I was just glad to, to be involved. Well, that's great to hear. And, um, yeah, it was like I said, it was one of the most excited experiences I've ever had while watching a wrestling show. It just came off so beautifully. Um, but I have to ask you about one of your partners in that match, and that's Eva Lee. And uh, you also worked with Sexy Star in some of your earlier matches with Lucha Underground. Um, and you talked about how great it is that Lucha Underground does new things and tries new things and different things and all sorts of other stuff. How do you feel about the way they present their women? Because I think that them having the women wrestle the men is a really progressive idea and just really new and fresh and exciting. And it's one of the reasons I think the show is so good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's obvious. I think, like we've touched on throughout the whole interview, it's it's entertainment at large, society at large, has progressed. Like, we're not stuck in the 1950s anymore. It's a wife doesn't just cook and clean while a man goes to work. I mean, like, if you're going to make this argument that, like, men should only fight with men in, in, in an entertainment world. I mean, how many movies are right out of the gate? I mean, I just watched Mad Max or whatever the other month. That yeah. movie yeah. ruled. That movie absolutely <laughs> ruled. If you didn't like it, 
I don't like you. I'll, <laughs> I'll like stake my claim on this thing. And it's like, what strong, empowered female characters that were in part of that movie? It's like, that's just the reality of where we are. And I don't wasn't aware of anyone being like, well, wait a minute now. These women are just sitting around. This is silly. Like, I like, women I like that like, the Monopoly guy was commenting on it. Yeah, exactly. So... I, it's just again, it's 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 more it's not being stuck in the past, you know. I mean, I, I think there was a time, and I'm sure more knowledgeable fans can correct me on this, but but I want to say that I, I believe even Dana White in the UFC was quoted at some point many many years ago because I got in the UFC right when it first started about how there would never be women fights, uh, and you just thought that I, was I think you're right. I think he did say that. Yeah. Right, and and obviously that. That's no longer, I mean, even in that short amount of time, there's been an evolution and stuff like that. So I just think it's more of a sign of our times. It's a sign of the athleticism of the female performers. It's, I, uh, I'm grateful that it sets us apart. You know, it's funny because my match versus Sexy Star on the first episode was where that kind of broke open. And to be honest, yeah. I wasn't even quite aware of, <laughs> I didn't know that like intergender wrestling wasn't really a thing. I mean, as part of the independence around the world, it's, not all that rare. So it wasn't this insane thing for me to wrestle Sexy Star, who is like a world-traveled, amazing performer. So yeah. it wasn't until I kind of got home and saw people like um, commenting on it that I saw in some circles that it was controversial. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that we'd like televised this, this like foreign concept to people and it was going to be <laughs> somewhat controversial. And it's like, I mean, I think that match and other matches stand for themselves, and they can obviously happen. And, and it's cool that you know we're in this. I mean, like we're, on Lucha Underground, like we're superheroes, we're entertainers. Yeah. Like it is that movie atmosphere. It's like, oh, not all of the Avengers have to be male. Like there can yeah, be right. female competitors that also kick butt. You know, it's just it's that idea that again, it's it's the evolution of of this business. Mm. Uh, well, again, speaking to the evolution of Lucha Underground, the main trait that really struck me about the show when I first watched it, the very first time, um, was the way the backstage stuff is presented. And I guess I'll call them scenes or cinematic scenes or something because that's how they look and that's how they're presented. Um, how did you feel about that when it was pitched to you that this was how the show was going to be presented? Because I personally never would have envisioned a wrestling show to ever be presented like it was a real TV show, but they did it, and it works really, really well. But what was your take when that was pitched to you? Well, it's cool because even filming them, you don't get a sense of how well they're going to be ultimately presented. Like a camera seems like a camera, a scene seems like a scene. I mean, obviously there was a lot of people involved, and it seemed very professional. But I, I want to say even being a part of it, you don't get the full sense until it airs on television, and then you're just taken aback by holy crap, I'm in a movie. Like, this is the greatest thing <laughs> ever. And, and again, it's just it's almost like a broken record, but it speaks to that evolution of the product. Like, how could you go back now to, I'm joined at this time by... Like, that's so boring and tired and just, it's done. Like, I feel like Lucha Underground has killed it. Like, you, you can't even do it anymore. <laughs> like, it's like, we get the same points across, or we get the points across that need to get across in about 30 seconds to a minute in these amazingly cinematic vignettes that are much more entertaining. I mean, some people have said that the show should be longer than the hour that it is. It should be an hour yeah. and a half or two hours or whatever it is. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I personally don't think so. But yeah, if it was, I would say, okay, fine, make it longer, but just put more of those in. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to see, see Drago 
doing what Drago does. I want to see more, like, some of this crazy vignette stuff. I want to see King Cuerno driving around, like, yeah, so what do they do when they're off time? This is amazing. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, and we, we had, um, and I, I'm going to, if you have time, we have uh, word association next, six names. If you don't, that's totally fine. But last week we had uh, Cage on, who, like, first of all, such a smart, nice guy, um, mm-hmm. j- just like a sweetheart, you know, just, just a cool guy. And um, I, I, I pitched the idea to him, and apparently he's pitched the idea too, that Cage is a literal terminator machine it's he's not fucking around he's actually designed to wrestle and he's a machine and he's like he's like yeah no i i pitched that idea we can have like metal underneath the arm i'm like yes please do that take the idea and run with it but yeah i, I i'm with you these these things are, are fucking awesome do you do you have uh, time to do uh six names for word association or are you uh very quickly and then i gotta that'll be that'll be uh Unfortunately, we're going to have to sign off. No problem, no problem. We'll just do two of them. Um, Patrick, we'll do the, I'll do the one at the front, you do the one at the end, okay? Okay. Okay. So, uh, first name, um, Havoc, I got for you is uh, Johnny Mundo. Oh, incredible. Uh, I mean, that's a guy that I was a big fan. I remember meeting him backstage at WWE while just doing extra work, and I went up to him, as, as you sh- should do in the business, and just kind of introduced myself sheepishly. And I'm like, oh, hi, my name's Matt. And he stopped me right there, and he's like, nope, M-Dog, M-Dog 20. So I've been a fan from, like, day one. because <laughs> I was like, this guy knows who I am? And I was like, man, I, okay, cool, he's being this nice. And I remember asking him, like, hey, I heard you did gymnastics. Like, is that true? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was nowhere near as good as you, but, but I did. And I'm like, this guy is amazing. <laughs> like, just to be <laughs> comfortable enough in his, you know, vast abilities to, to compliment someone else. And yeah. he's just, the best way I can put it is, like, he's a dude. And he is a guy that could just kind of sit back and relax and do what needs to be done, but not go that extra mile. And screw the extra mile. He's like running an additional marathon. Like I'm watching his matches and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just doing the craziest stuff, but it's because he's having fun for once. And he's just, the reins have been taken off him. And it's just, it's awesome to see that excitement. I mean, me and him went to Qatar after one of the filmings uh, and we were just two giddy kids running around the airport. And here's some dudes like in their thirties that have been wrestling forever. You assume certainly him. And if to me, some extent that we'd be like jaded or something. And it was just, we're both like, yeah, man, we're doing it. We're wrestlers. This is awesome. This is all we've ever wanted to do. Like we're killing it. And, and so he's just, uh, just such an, I mean, no one could say it'd be very hard to say anything negative about him. I mean, he's just like a positive force all around. He, he'll, yeah. I'll come back through the curtain. He's one of the first guys there to be like, dude, that was awesome. And it's like he could be like sipping some kind of drink in some room somewhere. He doesn't even need to watch the stuff. So it's it's he's a pleasure to have on board. And, you know, I got to wrestle him this season, which for me was a, just a huge deal and, and, and awesome. And, and he was so motivated, and I was obviously motivated. But for to, to go into it and have him be just as excited was, was this breath of fresh air and, and just, just awesome. So I, I mean, I'm so pumped to, like, be in the same – promotion that he's even in. Pat, last name. Last name I have for you is the on-screen owner of Lucha Underground, Dario No, Cordo. no, 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 that's not the Sorry, <laughs> I guess I was confused. Um, uh, Matt, I, the um, uh, Havoc, the last guy we actually do want to ask is, because this is the one I, the, I wanted to get before we go, uh, is actually another straight-edge guy, would be uh, CM Punk. Yeah, uh, he's been my friend since about... 2001. I mean, another straight edge. I think to this day, he 
uh, is the only other straight edge guy that I know, and he often tells me the, the same thing. So we kind of when we when we started again, there was like more of a, a scene surrounding that kind of stuff back in '96, '98, whatever it was. Uh, and that scene has kind of died down, and people that you know for whatever reason moved on, or however you want to look at it. And uh, it to me, I was not kidding about it. <laughs> I was, am, and will be straight edge. I don't really care for drinking, and 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 won't. So. Uh, he feels the same way, and it's it's you know part of who we are. So we just naturally gravitated to one another because I mean, here's two indie wrestlers, both from Midwest towns. I live in Cleveland. He's in Chicago. He's listening to punk rock. I'm listening to punk rock. We're both straight edge. I mean, it was going to be hard for us not to be friends. So <laughs> we were kind of uh, together right from the beginning, and just so happy for all the success that he's had, and, and I mean the boundaries that he's broken down, the opportunities he's opened up for a whole new generation. I mean, he really deserves. I mean, so much credit. I mean, no one, he wasn't supposed to make it, <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and it's like, and by doing that, he's opened a lot of people's eyes and, and, you know, helped out myself and a whole new generation. So, yeah, he's he's an awesome guy, and, I mean, just cool to see someone that's not scared to stand for themselves, not afraid, not afraid of a failure, not afraid of, you know, just, just believes in himself and is going to just go for it. So yeah. he's awesome. Okay. Well, great. Uh, Havoc, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time out of a Friday to, to chat with us. Um, uh, please feel free to come back anytime. Uh, Lucha, Ultima Lucha starts next week and continues the week after that. Um, we'll see you around. Thanks so much. No, thank you, guys. My pleasure. All right. All right. So, um, that was okay. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no. Really, um, uh, really, really, um, I thought fun, great interview. Um, uh, by the way, sorry I cut you off on Dario Cueto. I was trying to say, like, last name on the list. Oh, okay. That's where you know, I, I got confused there for a second. But, no, okay, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah, no, um, they must dub him. They've got to dub him on that show, right? Do they? I think they do, because he doesn't sound anything like he did on the phone on the show. So, I, I don't know there might be something they do in post where they lower his voice. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I should have asked, but I, I wanted to get the questions in that we could because I know I don't want to take, like, you know, like 45 minutes of his time on <laughs> on a Friday. So, um, but, yeah, uh, cool stuff, cool stuff. I mean, we're pretty good on this uh, uh, Lucha Underground uh, uh, interview kick, some good guys. So. Um, no, I will also say this. Just throwing ideas out there. Um, El Rey Network or whoever, if you can release a season one box set of Lucha Underground with that deleted footage, like the 10 minute celebration, I would really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I'm just saying that's something I'd like. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay. You know what? Um, I think we, um, I, cause I, I did the show on Monday, so I think we're, uh, I think we're pretty much good there with that, but, um, yeah, everybody who joined us, thank you very much. Remember we are on the brainosaur.com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, share, 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 please. Um, we definitely appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, we will be back next week. Um, I'll try to get another guest uh, to build up again to Ultima Lucha, or we could just have a normal show, whatever it is. But um, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your support as always. I'm Eric Clancy, and I am, of course, joined by Mr. Patrick Kelly, and we are... Signing off.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.